I think when Chris and I hear the word influencer, it has like some <laughs> negative connotation for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. You, but like, it is sort of what you do. You are out there and you're shooting guns. Like you're not, you, you know, you're known for just, that's what you do on YouTube. Would you consider yourself an influencer? Uh, so I like to look at it this way. Yes, ultimately, because I'm influencing people to ultimately go out there and exercise their Second Amendment rights and get involved with it and hopefully protect and preserve the Constitution and the Second Amendment. So if I'm considered an influencer in that manner and not somebody just taking selfies and putting them up on Instagram, <laughs> then I'm totally proud to be called an influencer in that manner. That's cool. See, he had I, he had that thing rehearsed, dude. You know, <laughs> I know it's, he wrote that down right there. Are you sure you didn't get with Ian before we started the show and ask him what questions he was going to no. ask you, dude? Battle Line Podcast, and you guys are seeing me right now uh, because, you know, it's panning to me as I'm speaking. Uh, I unfortunately am still waiting for Wi-Fi at my apartment in uh, my, my Long Island apartment. Chris, on the other hand, you have yeah. your, a whole new setup and it looks incredible, man. Yeah. You guys did a great job. Oh, I didn't. Uh, it was Rose, Rosetta down here and Greg Fess at Wardcraft. And Wardcraft's a big paper company here in Fort Scott. And, uh, uh, you know, that's I know them through Ryan over at Fort Scott Munitions. But yeah, they did. I walked in here one day and it was like done. I just put a little little things here or there but it's, it's cool i mean I, I i mean i put my books up there but she went in down and got some old constitutional books texas ranger but i mean stuff to make the feel the ambiance so wyatt earp i love wyatt earp wyatt earp and doc holiday back in the day so i, I cool stuff and and of course you can't forget the flag the custom flag done by james stocky from your american flag store. yeah got that best. and the uh, and the plank from a uh, small ranger plank from that's awesome back in the day actually Chuck, that was that was provided to me and it's got the, the second back ranger coin in there but that was actually given to me by matt best <laughs> to be honest oh wow but back when we were we were friends i guess you could say, you could say my buddy and uh, another ranger buddy of mine and, and evan over there at black rifle coffee can we say their names there uh but yeah there was during a ceremony we had or a, it was a it was a fun function not a ceremony but a fun function we had a long time ago in montana and this was before, right when the movie came out. This is before BRC got bigger, bigger, I should say. But uh, yeah, it was it was a really cool thing. And I've always had it. And then the swords, if I don't know if you can see the swords, but got when I was an officer uh, for graduating pretty high in my classes for going through officer training. So yeah, I've just had all this stuff in boxes. So I was able to finally pull it out. It, it looks great. And, and I will say for, you know, the majority of our lists, our audience really listens. Head over to the YouTube if you want to see what we're talking about. Uh, if you are on the YouTube, leave a like, subscribe. Uh, before we get to everything, with over 700 five-star customer reviews, Ned's Mellow Magnesium is an instant hit. Nourish your entire body with Ned's proprietary super blend with three forms of chelated magnesium, GABA, L-theanine, and over 70 trace minerals. It propels memory, mood, brain function, stress response, nerve and muscle health, and sleep, of course. It's great for sleep and about 75% of Americans are deficient in it. Magnesium is such an incredible supplement. I can tell you even just recovery from workouts, uh, and Ned now has several magnesium supplements, so check them out. Mellow Magnesium is now available on Amazon, but you're always going to get the best deal when you go through us as a first-time customer when you go to helloned.com slash battleline or add the code battleline at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Battle line. Thank you, Ned. Once again, H E L L O N E D dot com slash battle line. 
From Kansas City to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Mother I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The Switch is on, Battle Line Podcast. Uh, yes, as I alluded to earlier, I'm still at my parents' place, even though I'm living at my own apartment uh, on Long Island. And I'm, and I'm so happy to be back here on Long Island. I will never live in Connecticut again. But I'm just waiting for the Wi-Fi to get set up. It's taken forever. As soon as it does, I'll have a cool backdrop, too. Not quite as cool as your studio, though. You get yeah, awesome once again. Yeah, they did a great job. It'll be something. And eventually, you know, we'll have some do some in-studio stuff. We got That'd be great. Cool, and, and cool gold microphones that we'll use eventually. But yeah, we'll, we'll get this thing set up. In the meantime, I, the only thing I'm missing, I'm still learning a little, I, I, my coffee. It's like, oh, shit, I don't have a place to, I don't have no coffee maker. So that is a must. I got to get a coffee maker in here. And I left my coffee mug sitting at the house when I left the house. So Right where now, are, are you at are you at the fort scott munitions store where is it no no the the oh you've been to the store we did one stuff there but the, wordcraft is a big uh it's a big uh, uh corporation it's a big company big big uh what's the word i'm looking for warehouse and they make paper products huge paper products and even making the little wristbands for across the country for hospitals you know little plastic wristbands and things so uh i'm in there i'm actually in the top the company's massive so I've got a little room that used to be a storage room, I think is what it was, up where all the IT people are. And, and it is true, that stereotype where they put all the IT people in little corners, <laughs> it's so true. But uh, yeah, I'm up there and they just, they built the studio. Uh, we had a free room up here and Ryan Kraft, tremendous person there at Fort Scott Munitions, you've met Ryan, he, he offered, he's like, hey, we got this free room, you wanna make it into a studio? I was like, well, yeah, let's, let's, let's see, I mean, as let's sort of keep, keep, quit doing it out of my house so yeah it's it's downtown but it's not that far from the house but you know you've been fort scott it's five minutes to anywhere fort scott, yeah so. i i love the way it looks and it's really stepping up the youtube game uh as you can see i'm just here on my laptop you know because i moved all my stuff to the new apartment but hopefully by next show things will be the way that they should look on my end um you know what i wanted to mention before you even get in any news or anything uh this is the week of memorial day this will be going up yeah. it'll be going up a tuesday before memorial day so for those of you who have lost friends and family in combat or after combat, of course, uh, paying our respects and dues yeah. to those guys, including, you know, yourself, guys that you lost. But, uh, I, you know, I know it's that whole thing of, of not enjoying Memorial Day, but tr truthfully, I will be enjoying Memorial Day weekend because uh, the air show every year here at Jones Beach, That's that true. has become an annual tradition for me. And I got to say, if you're in the area and you could drive to Jones Beach for the Memorial Day air show, and see the Air Force Thunderbirds this year, uh, definitely do yourself a favor and go out because it is an incredible 
event. So I'm psyched for that. And and your ones you lost, guys, our friends, our teammates that we've lost, they'd want you to go out and enjoy yourself. So yeah, this is not a day for poo-pooing and feeling sorry for ourselves or or getting down. Because our buddies wouldn't want us to do that. They they wouldn't expect us to want them to do that if it was, she was on the other foot. So go out and enjoy yourself. Remember remember them remember the good times remember the sacrifices they made which is a, that's why we're here you know we should be thankful for that and and enjoy yourself yeah they, there's a ton of air shows around the country on memorial day so i'm sure if you just look close you could probably find one in your area if not put some steaks on the grill barbecue and and uh and i yeah, just have a good day be thankful that we're here and and but also remember the sacrifices but also know that our buddies at sacrifice would want us to be happy and and so be happy yeah don't don't look at it as a down day yeah, I, I couldn't say it better. Uh, getting into some news stories here before we get to Quint Morgan, which I'm very excited for. Uh, the first of which, so I was actually uh, just uh, hanging out around here and I looked at my cell phone probably last week and it was Richard Ostoff who we, who we had on the show. You weren't on there for that episode, yeah. but the Navy veteran, I know you remember the story, yeah. who basically got screwed out of money for his dogs, yeah, um, yeah. for his yeah, service yeah. dogs yep. charity by a guy who was going by the name of Anthony DeVolder at the time, according to him, who we now know is Congressman George Santos. So he was actually excited to text me that George Santos has been charged by the Justice Department in a federal probe. Um, and if you want to listen back to that episode, it's 175. This is not over what he did to, um, to Richard Ostoff. This is over campaign funds basically being used on personal expenses. But if you look at the laundry list of stuff this guy has done, it's hard to even keep track of the lies of the uh, just horrible behavior in terms of what he did in terms of campaign funds. And uh, basically what Richard Ostoff said to me when he texted, he goes, I, I really hope to testify against this guy. And I think because of the, the amount of stuff that's out there, people forget the magnitude to which some of these offenses are. This isn't just, you know, the stuff that you've seen that he he dressed as a woman and, and all this crazy stuff and changed his identity. He also screwed people out of a lot of money. And I think it's just over politics, the fact that he's even still in office. And he and for those who don't know, he's my congressman. I personally voted for him. I know plenty of people voted for him and a lot of people want to see him out of office. And the only reason he's not out of office is over politics, I would say. And uh, I hope the truth comes out and, and I hope we get this guy out of there. Well, it sounds like it is. And, you know, and, and for those that I, I don't think you mentioned it, for those that didn't listen to the Richard Ashtoff episode, he's a Marine, former Marine, right? Uh, Navy, Navy, Navy. Navy. No, I'm sorry. Navy, Navy. And uh, yeah, screwing veterans over for money. That's probably one of the lowest things. That's like taking that's that's worse than taking kids lemonade stands money when you walk mm -hmm. by and you swap their cup. That's, that's just horse shit using pull on heartstrings and, you know, working on people's empathy to take money from uh, from veterans. But yeah, I, it's it, but that's politics. He, both sides. It's it's a it's terrible. It's terrible how it is that if you lie and you connive and you misrepresent, you're going to get elected. And that's both sides. I think George Santos learned from his competitors because eh? everybody that lies and and says horrible things and gives money to foreign entities and embezzles and launders, you could become president of the United States doing that. Look. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anyone did anything to the magnitude of Santos, though, in terms of having like a different name, a different identity um, and and basically being a lifelong criminal. His entire background is fake in terms I don't of what know. I think there's to, plenty of what job he had. I think there's plenty of politicians that are lifelong criminals out there, brother. I forgive yeah. me, but I, I you know, I, I, I don't I, I, I try to 
listen to funny people on both sides of the aisle if I listen to stuff when I'm driving. And I do. I'll listen to, I think Ben Shapiro's hilarious, even though I don't agree with his shit. I think Bill Maher, Maher is hilarious, even though I don't agree with his stuff. And I did listen to something where Bill Maher did a monologue about George Santos. It was on, I was listening to it on my car. I was driving. And that's where I pulled that from. He's, it was hilarious. And he hit it right on the head. It's like, hey, look at, look how he got elected Republicans. He did the exact same thing the Democrats have been doing in the Democrats for years that's how they get elected and it was essentially listen to it if you can find it It was really funny but he was spot on he's like look at he lied he connived he misrepresented and he got elected well guess who's been doing that for years and, and for those who don't know if who doesn't know out there bill maher is pretty left wing it, to say that hey look at what he's been doing he just pulled that playbook out from the democrats it's spot on but that's what i'm saying with that though is Look how far we've come and how much we've fallen is that we elect people that lie and misrepresent and are thieves and criminals. And that's who is in charge of our country. And that's pretty freaking sad, man. That's how I got out of Bill Maher's talk. And that's one thing with Bill and even Shapiro, at least that's they're far on both sides, but they will call their own parties out every once in a while. And, and they do nail it right on the head. And I think he did. And the only reason I'm saying is because we were talking about George Santos the week before, and then first it just popped on when I was driving to Houston to do a speaking event. And for him to say, I was like, well, you know what? That He's right. Holy crap. What kind of a situation country are we in that we're just electing people with no ethical values and no morality? But I, you know, looking back, I think we've been doing that for quite a few years now, brother. So I, I hope know, you but the problem is I don't blame. I could tell you as someone once again who admittedly voted for him. I don't blame anyone who voted for him because he completely misrepresented his background. At this point, I blame I actually would say I blame the Republicans for not getting this guy out of office Does, completely over politics. No. And you guys who listen will notice this. And this, uh, you know, I right. I worked at Newsmax for several days, so uh, and I've worked <laughs> yeah, in other right. parts of media. But here's here's the truth, man. And you guys could uh, look this up and, and fact check me. I think we are the only right leaning. I guess you would say right, we're not politics, but whatever. We're not left leaning. We're the only uh, podcast like like ourselves or even news program or something that covered the Santos thing. It wasn't covered on Newsmax. It was barely covered on Fox News. Why? because he was Republican and because it's like, we need these votes. And I, I've, so I could talk about this now because it's been um, a long time. Like while I was looking for other work prior to working for Newsmax, I did apply to work at Project Veritas. I love the work that Project Veritas does in terms of, of uh, uncovering corruption. I think they do tremendous things. However, they only target one party. They, I've never seen them go after Democrats. Yeah, I mean, sorry, go after Republicans. And uh, and so I just think it's a shame, man. And I could tell you, Richard Ostoff, great guy. He'd be willing to go on any program. He wants to get the word out there about George Santos. And the only outlets that will book him are left wing media. outlets. Uh, yeah, that's for us. Yeah. And the truth is, if there was a Democrat like George Santos doing the same thing, who took thousands of dollars from a veteran and I can get that veteran in studio, I will absolutely interview them. Heck because yeah. although I am a Republican, I don't have any loyalty to these parties. I have loyalty to people yeah. who fought for the country. And I also want to uncover corruption. And I don't care what side that corruption is on. Um, I'm and there's just very few outlets that that have that compass of just, if you do something wrong, we're going to call you out. 
and and there's your spot on and that's i guess that's what i was trying to get at you just got it in a more succinct way because you are more succinct than I no no but what you said is true i just it, i i, I hate the fact that we were the only outlet that wasn't yeah. left wing that had richard on and that's horseshit. if somebody's unethical and they're somehow got an office and, and kudos to you for admitting that there are many people on both sides of the aisle that would never admit if they made a mistake when they voted, or if the person was corrupt. And I said, too bad, too bad 99.9% .9 of the people that we have in office are corrupt. So, but kudos for you for saying that, that admitting it. Second of all, though, I, I, I'm with you, man. I completely agree with you. We, we're becoming country where it's a side now, and it shouldn't be. It should be the person, not the side that they're on. You know? And if they do something wrong, you fucking call them out on it. Um, I call i remember going on sean hannity's show a long time ago where i was a victim that i didn't know it i had a i was booked on there just thinking i was going on a town hall on his show and it came to be a victim and i was so pissed off and i called him out on it and i, I fox wasn't happy with me and i don't because you're not using my story to be victimized to help promote and get somebody elected over somebody else it pissed me off and that's again so i started to see behind the curtain but with what you're talking about too is that that road that we had on and you had me on to do that you're trying to push me to the right side and it honestly pushed me farther away from them it saw me it, i saw the unethical behavior they were doing as well and then with the things with george santos now and then things with uh, other politicians out there where they continue to be corruptible and unethical and criminals everybody's got to take a pause and just stop following blindly these political parties and start just seeing the people for what they are and if there's a democrat that is unethical then you don't vote for them. same with the republican doesn't care which party the side you're on but if you find one that if you're on the republican party or democratic party and you find somebody on the other side that actually does have some ethics has a clean background which is few and far between nowadays yep. vote for them that's what we need in this country we need ethical people not a political party to be in charge because what we've seen, and you've seen, I've seen, everybody out there seen it, is that political parties, their money-making unethical schemes and putting one in power or the other one in power is not good for this country. We've, it, we've, we've been decimating this country by doing that. But, you know, maybe I'm going to fall on deaf ears, but deaf ears, death, maybe <laughs> both. Yeah, it's Freudian slip there. Deaf ears. But I, I honestly see it that way. And, you know, if Donald Trump had left us behind in Benghazi, and I said that on a Fox News show, and they hated it, they, they pissed, I pissed him off. I said, if it was, he left us, I would be calling him out right now. Has no, yeah. I have no allegiance to either party. This is what happened to us. And that's what I said, that actually, after the Sean Hannity victimization thing. I was like, don't ever put me on a show again where you call me a victim to pump somebody up, because that's not what I'm here for. If you want Oz or Tig to do that, fine. And I'm not saying they would, because they probably wouldn't either. But I was like, that is just terrible, terrible, just being a terrible person. And we're getting away from George Santos. Let's go back to that. I hope you guys get him out of there. I really do, because yeah. he is he's a turd. He's, he's terrible. And it would show a great example for a political party to actually stand up and get one of their own out there because of being unethical, immoral, and just being a criminal. I, that's yeah. terrible. I, I don't know. What are they going to get him out of there? I guess you tell me. What, what's I mean? I think it's up to the Republicans. And the problem is, if they get him out of here, it, out of the seat, it's going to be a Democrat who replaces him. So they don't want to do that. That's what it boils down to. What's well, the Democrat? Um, is the is it an ethical dem? I mean, is the Democrat a good person? From what you... I have no idea. You know what I mean? Like I feel like when we see these people running for Congress, you have to be kind of crazy to run for Congress at this point in time. Who wants yeah. to run for Congress? Yeah. Like truthfully, I think I would be a good Congress. 
congressman. Would I ever want to put myself through all the crap you have to go through? Absolutely not. I would rather not you, be involved. You would. You'd be fair. You're, you're, I would try to, but but I would never do it. I would never do it because yeah. look at all the stuff you have to go through every day. I mean, your whole life is on display. I I'm I have no interest. But well, that, well, that's, that's a good lead into the AOC making wanting this Marine to want the Marine to go to prison for manslaughter. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, that's a good, well, and there's a, good a lot of there's a lot of people who do. So yeah, Marine veteran Daniel Penny being charged for manslaughter over the New York City subway chokehold of Jordan Neely. Um, I mean, this has been the biggest national news story. It's not just a local New York City story at this point. Everybody knows what went down. And uh, just from what I saw, giving a fair perspective here, not giving not giving any preferential treatment because Daniel Penny happens to be a Marine Corps veteran. I think he did what you're supposed to do in that situation. If you're someone who has learned martial arts, I mean, I think the not, and I'm not, I don't have a background in martial arts, but I know that the number one thing is like, you don't go looking for a fight. No, this is what you use in defense. And we know that this guy, Jordan Neely had a history of being violent from what we know, he was getting violent on that train. There was no police officer to restrain him. So Daniel Penny was the only guy, I believe, with a martial arts background, took this guy down, put him in a chokehold. Um, and, and I should point out there, because this is important, he didn't die there on the spot from the chokehold, even though he was there for, I think, 15 minutes or something. He did die in the hospital. And I think people say, why did he have to restrain him for that long and make all these questions in hindsight? But I think you had to keep this guy restrained. And if you let him loose, who knows what drugs he's on? Who knows what he's going to do? Um, I think Daniel Penny was 100% in the right. And I absolutely hope he doesn't uh, serve a sentence over this because it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. And I hate that, again, it make it for race. It's a race thing. Race is it's not. You, you not at all. You assholes. It's not anything about race at all. It's. Well, I, you've seen right i mean there was another black there was another there jack that's holding what down yeah. this guy yeah but yeah, I did. but daniel penny was the one who had the more the martial arts or self-defense background to put him in the chokehold the other guy was just trying to restrain his he arms did. yeah no it was honestly i was a group effort of, of not killing the guy restraining a person that was extremely dangerous extremely dangerous i think and this is one where I, I i heard it driving back from houston when you mentioned i was listening to it i i turned on the radio i heard it and and 40 some counts of of something where he's been arrested or 40 some counts of some criminal activity or he's been arrested 40 sometimes i forgive me guys I, I know i'm getting the number wrong but basically he's been in police custody or been charged with something 40 times that's a lot of criminal activity and he has assaulted people on the train before uh from what the the news was saying or the radio show i was listening to guys i can't even remember which one it was it was some fm radio show but you have to be proactive in those situations. The Marine was proactive. Everybody wants to be reactive. You want what did you want to wait till he actually punched somebody in the face? Did you want to wait till he had a knife? Maybe he, did, he didn't, but who had did you know that? Wait till he stabbed somebody. And now you've got a situation where anybody who does try to restrain him is probably going to get stabbed as well. Uh, and maybe he's going to win the fight, but who wants to get cut? And that's something that we train and you learn in the Marine Corps SEALs, Rangers. You're proactive. You take the initiative. You eliminate whatever threat and eliminate, not kill. You subdue, you apprehend, you restrain. You know, if you have to eliminate, it's because that threat is trying to kill you. That force on for escalation. We all learned that, guys. It's an escalation issue. And he he did. He escalated perfectly. He put him in a rear naked choke. The rear naked choke is not to kill. It's not. It's there to restrain. We see it on the UFC all the time. All the time. 
time. And but I think people will say the amount of time, but the problem was they did call for help and it yeah. took 15 minutes for it took 15 minutes to, get, to get there. Well, guess what? New York hire more police officers, you freaking no, but you ahead. also I don't think you could have a police officer on every subway car of every train. I mean, that would be an absolute police state. Yeah. And you're you're but what do you my argument there? And I'm being facetious when I say hire police officers. But my argument there or what I'm trying to get at there is he did what he could do in that situation with the rest of the group based off the number of police officers that are available based off where they're at in the train and based off this guy could get up and. If you've ever been in a fight and knock somebody down or you've almost won the fight and you let them go, those people turn into like a dog trapped in a corner and they even get more vicious because they don't want to lose. Yeah. So for those that are calling for his head, you've never been in a fight. <laughs> you've never been accosted. You've never been attacked by somebody that actually wants to kill you or hurt you extremely bad. And in my opinion, you have no you have no opinion in this argument. You have no argument. And if you're saying it's race, you definitely have no argument. Um, I didn't see anything that was over the top. I think the Marine did. And he's a 24 year old Marine. He was I don't know if he was highly decorated or not. The right the right always put highly decorated. I, I always do that to make it you know like we just talked about to make it so outlandish. But he was a Marine and he did know how to apprehend. That's what he was taught. And he didn't go above and beyond. Didn't I, I don't did I miss anything? He didn't strike him. Didn't no, hit him. Yeah. Nothing. Um, and like you said, the uh, the additional help from the rest of the the pastors verified to me that this guy actually was a threat to all of them, and they all were scared for their lives. If he does get charged and goes to prison, it's just going to be an unsafer world because people like myself. I'm don't think I'm not thinking that when I got in town. If I see something now, like do I really want to get involved with? That? no fuck it fine that's that what you guys want then fine i'm leaving it alone i'll defend myself and my family but for the rest of y'all fine i'm not going to do a damn thing for you that's my initial feeling if he goes to prison because it's like why do i want to put myself out there for you and if i'm going to be taken away from my family and go to prison and that's the complete way opposite way of i've felt my life going or what i did up to this point i've never felt that way it's yeah. like if I'm going to help somebody if they need help, but I but now it's like, well, no, fine, not helping you. If, if you guys are going to throw me in prison, then I'll protect my own, but circle's going to get tighter and I ain't going to do a damn thing for you. And it's sad that I'm even thinking that because I've never thought that way before. And up until I saw that video and I saw, and then you text me what happened to him and you saw my response. I just said, let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, no, no, you, it was good because it's, it's, I didn't know that was going on until you text it. And then it was on the, I listened to it on the radio. And Which you by the way, response. is, is you being in your own bubble because it was <laughs> the biggest national news. I did, and that's what they didn't know you're right. But that's a great way to live, man. And my, my son has state track qualification. I'm in my family bubble. He's got stay. I got to watch my boy run track. He's faster than shit. He qualified for the state track, state finals there, our state track meet in Kansas. Nice. So, that's it. That's my bubble. But I, you're right. And I love living in that bubble. But this, <laughs> this is important. And you, what I, what I text you when you sent it to me, I said, holy, f I said, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Because we need people and not vigilantes, but we need people like that Marine, like buddies that I have that have served, like former police officers out there, like good Samaritans out there that are protecting us. There is a sheepdog mentality out there and we need that or 
crime will run rampant. And if you take that ability to protect, not be a vigilante, he wasn't out there looking for a fight, but protect, and you take that away from the normal populace, the world just becomes more dangerous. And yeah. that's what you're doing, that Congressman. And I, I, I just despise that Congresswoman out there with <laughs> AOC. What you stop calling it race. As soon as you called it race, you you lost your ability to talk. Step away. Let the big people talk. You don't need to be part of this at all. All you people that are claiming it's a race hate crime. Yeah, no. the ma the mayor even alluded to some racial stuff, which you know I, I thought thought was wrong. The, the last things I'll say about it though, um, that that did piss me off in terms of how it was covered. There were people on the left, like I saw on the View that just talked about the fact that um, Jordan Neely was a street performer and a Michael Jackson impersonator. And they made it sound like he was just on the subway doing his Michael Jackson impersonation. Yeah, he was very good at it. I mean, very talented guy, but like there are people out there who are very talented, very skilled, but have severe mental health issues. And once you start getting violent with civilians, I'm gonna throw all that out the window. Um, but yeah, there was even a woman on The View who said, oh, I would have given him money if I was on the subway. He wasn't out there doing his performances. He was getting violent with random passerbys on, on the subway. But but I I'll also want to say to people, because I actually got um, hit up by a listener, uh, battlelinepodcast at gmail.com a while back. And they said, hey, Ian, I'm visiting New York City for the first time. Don't know if you'll have time to meet up, but like, what stuff should I do? And the number one thing I tell people when they're going to visit New York City is take the subway everywhere. Like, that's part of the great thing about going to the city. Take the subway to Queens, take the subway to the Bronx, go to go to Harlem and have dinosaur barbecue. And I hate the fact that stuff like this scares people out of going to the subway and makes them live in fear. I mean, don't look like a target. Don't look like a tourist and that type of thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, my dad and my dad and I were talking about, it. I mean, I've gone on the subway pretty much my whole life. My dad is too. I've never been attacked. I'm not going to say it never happens. Of course, things like this happen. But when people watch the news, they think like you're taking your life in your hands every time you ride the subway. And I don't want it out there. Yes, I do think it sucks. The fact that everybody's disarmed New York City laws it would be a whole nother discussion. But yeah, if you go to New York City, don't just stay in Midtown Manhattan, go to Applebee's because like, why the hell are you even visiting New York City at that <laughs> yeah. point? Like, take the subway to a Yankee game, take the yeah. subway to different places and, and see what it's all about. And um, I've, I never feel that way. And like I said, it happens. Dave Park, who's been in the show, he was attacked uh, yeah. on the subway, right? It, it happens, but it's still a rare occurrence. And it's the same thing as saying, like, I'm never going to get in a car. I'm never going to go on an airplane. Um, you're, you're always going to take a risk unless you want to stay in your house all day long. Yeah, I, I agree. New York, you know, I spent a lot of time in New York back in the past. And I did love getting out. I mean, running the pier. That was awesome. I loved going to the uh, Chelsea Pier. Chelsea Pier and running. Oh man, that was beautiful. I, you see a whole nother side of the city. I, you know, or getting out to the Brooklyn Bridge. There was a pizza joint that was near there that I found once. It was awesome. You, you had to wait in line, and the the guy was the owner was so mean. It was the best pizza in the world. He just <laughs> sit the fuck down here. But it was, uh, but that was, he, but he was playing the New York stereotype. He he wasn't really mean, but he acted that way, and you could tell it was kind of a show, but. He really was an old, hardened Italian. Yeah. Best pizza I ever had. It was nice. freaking awesome under the Brooklyn Bridge. And we went and got ice cream. And and it is. And I've rode the subway a few times and then ride the Acela. Get on the Acela and ride all the way to D.C. That's cool. Come all the way back. I mean, go to Penn, the Union, to Penn Station. I, I hope it doesn't scare people away either because it is a hell of an experience. But you're right, dude. I, it's just it's sad because it, it does it does happen. I just hope it doesn't happen more. But if this guy goes to prison, 
for protecting others. I, I, it's going to. Yeah, I, it will. Yeah, I, I don't want to see that happen. Well, we do want to get to Quint Morgan. I've yeah. I've been very excited to have Quint on for a while since meeting him over a year ago. So before we do, you guys see all the Fort Scott munition stuff in the yeah. background. Yeah, can, can you YouTube. see it? Can they see it? Is the camera going to me right here? Yeah, right here, right here. And then that was where you met him at, right? That there was where train, we met Quint right? Morgan. Right so right yeah, excited to have him on. Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. That's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states. You could also just go to fsm.com and you'll be able to order for 15% off when you use our exclusive promo code BATTLELINE. 15% off with the promo code BATTLELINE at fsm.com, only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. And I'll point out real quick, Harold is doing such an awesome job with like putting these videos together during the ads. Uh, He's killing it. I love the way our video production is going. Um, But yeah, with that, let's get over to Quint Morgan. So joining us for the first time on Battle Line Podcast is actually a guy, personally, I can say I've wanted to have on for over a year now. And it's just every week something happens, but you've been on the list, I swear to you. And that's why we have like other potential guests. We're like, am I ever going to be on this podcast? Like, yes, it's just sometimes it takes a while. So staff sergeant in the Marine Reserves for over a decade, firearms enthusiast, Quint Morgan, YouTuber with classic firearms. And you know what the first question I want to ask you is, uh, before we even get into your background, before we get into firearms, I just always think of this. And, and I think Chris does as well. Like we, we asked this when we had Jade Struck on. So I think when Chris and I hear the word influencer, it has like some <laughs> negative connotation for some reason. I don't know why, yeah. do you, but like, it is sort of what you do. You are out there and you're shooting guns. Like you're not, you, you know, you're known for just, that's what you do on YouTube. Would you consider yourself an influencer? Uh, so I like to look at it this way. Yes, ultimately, because I'm influencing people to ultimately go out there and exercise their second amendment rights and get involved with it and hopefully protect and preserve the constitution and the second amendment. So if I'm considered an influencer in that manner and not somebody just taking selfies and putting them up on Instagram, <laughs> then I'm totally proud to be called an influencer in that manner. That's cool. See, he had, I, he had that fucking thing rehearsed, dude. Did you see that? <laughs> he wrote that shit down right there. Dude. Are you sure you didn't get with Ian before we started the show and ask him what questions he was going to no. ask you, dude? That no, was, I promise you I didn't. No, uh, I, I, you know, because I've been asked that a lot, you know, a little bit. We, I was at actually a, a GOA influencer convention yeah. thing late last year and that was something that you know everybody there like oh that word influencer myself included and then they started calling us okay well you know what in this industry and what you're doing on social media you're impacting people so how about being called impactors? impactors would be cool yeah. i mean yeah. that's i mean I, well even I, I remember i brought you i don't know if you were were you there at the day one because i hate him i hate the word influencer right yeah. this is because I mean, if, if you're inf- you're you're no better than influencing people to buy fucking stuff at Whole Foods or buy, <laughs> right. go get an Apple phone. I mean, it's just like you're okay. You're trying to sell shit, right? Um, yeah. and, and I think we don't want we don't want to be seen like that because 
that's that's not how that's not the second amendment how it should be i don't want to influence you I, what i called you guys was mentors it was like you guys are mentors yeah, you want that's, that's what it was yeah you want to you want to mentor other people into the proper use of farms but also the proper way to live your life you know a proper way to to handle yourself for another people the proper way to to have integrity and ethics and we just talked about george santos which he is not a mentor at all mm -hmm. um but I, you know and being a positive environment because most of the people out there see us as as negative they do they want to put guy oh you like guns oh you must want to just shoot everybody out there you hate people <laughs> right. yeah and and that's where i again i think i think it is important, especially if you are out there doing that. You're not doing the selfie thing. And I didn't. I like you, you and who is the who's the uh, the the we taught her to shoot a little bit. We, yeah, Katie. The, Katie. Yeah. You, know, you guys know how to laugh, and that's why I even yeah. said you were laughing out. There. I said that's that's what we want: laughing, having a good time, enjoying oh, yeah. yourself, shooting, and uh, and not the selfie. Look at me, how cool I am, or look how big my ass is. It's, you know, it's <laughs> right. I, and I got a nice ass, dude. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but um but and i i remember saying that to you out there and katie and then it was uh one of the um gosh it was the the other marine he was shooting really well oh yeah you're talking john about keys. Oh, john keys keys yeah keys yeah. you guys are out there laughing having a good time and and uh and i was like yeah that that's i remember that's that's what we wanted because that's how i used to be i'm jaded and old and fuck now dude i'm old uh, <laughs> and i'm angry i'm a grouchy get off my lawn kind of guy which i knew i was gonna be and you will be too when you're 52. but yeah. i was like man you guys remind me of myself when i was 30 because just out there shooting and just laughing but then getting serious but then not taking it too serious because there's no reason to but you're still safe and and just out there enjoying it and yeah i I, was that was that always like that because you know the marines some marines are like rangers as far as jack ashry we just goof yeah. to get through the pain get through right. the is that did you learn that in the marine corps is that something were you a hard ass i gotta be tough as nails marine or were you one of those where like, ah, you know what let's fucking parody this shit and let's just make it fun even though it's miserable embrace the suck let's make it fun and laugh is that your which kind of marine were you Oh, man. Well, it's still I mean, I'm still in the reserves now. And I actually just left my unit down in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. But uh, we'll talk more about that later. But no, I've actually always been kind of a lighthearted guy. Um, you know, I, I really am proud to say that before I, I left uh, CLB 451 Detachment 1 down in uh, um, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, that you know, I really got along great with my guys. There. I was the second platoon sergeant, had about 30 some odd guys beneath me. And I had great respect, great camaraderie with, you know, my subordinates and those guys. And that's because, you know, I would stand up and fight for them against my leadership sometimes, which, you know, maybe I'd be a little bit higher rank now if, uh, <laughs> you know, after 12 years in the Marine Corps, but you know, it's fine, dude. I, I love what I'm doing and I'm love, and I, you know, love my guys. And, uh, I've always kind of like taken it like, Hey, you know, I have been known to give a good ass chewing when it's justified. But I can only think about two times in my career where I've really just come down knife hand yelling, you know, the ABBA always be belittling and berating and all that stuff. And it's like only only a couple times in my Marine Corps career have I ever gotten to that point. But most of the time it's, you know, hey, these guys are younger. We all went through the same training. We went to the same hell. We're all here together now. We're in this fight together. 
and you know it's always just fun to get out on the range and shoot and like what you saw at uh you know the battle line tactical four scott munitions yeah. uh two-day course which was incredible we need to do that again by the way well they they'll do that every year that's a that that's their money that's that's, that's ryan craft money dude he yeah. puts that shit together i just happen to be there it's been <laughs> over a year though it's been over a year yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have another one i'm sure you'll be there man he loves you ryan and fort scott munitions loves you guys loves yeah. clint loves and loves loves you and gia the help, help me out goa i always say it wrong the, oh uh, yeah yeah get away right. of america, america. Yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just was, was just recently. Uh, my name was on another letter that they sent to uh, Congress. <laughs> uh, for they're, the, doing, uh, they're doing. I wish we didn't have to protect it, but we do need those. And uh, we're getting the political. It's not political, guys. It's we're we're fighting for the Second Amendment of the Constitution. It's it's so uh, most of us love God and we love guns, and so you put us in a category. But I hate it. Ain't we ain't political. We're just fighting for that that amendment because I think if you lose that amendment, help me if I'm wrong here. We lose that amendment, the whole constitution is gone. I do think it's one of the most important amendments. That and the first amendment, of course, yeah. free speech. But I, I <clears throat> you know, with that <clears throat> and putting your name going, and I want to get into the Greenfield thing because I want to know what happened with your unit, because who doesn't like good fucking gossip, especially within the military? <laughs> but uh, you know, have you found and, and uh, with the gun owners of America, and have you found it more difficult now to fight for? And are you running into more roadblocks? I, we can see it on the news, but are you thinking, how do you think the constitution is going as far as the second amendment goes? Um, I still think we're good. I think the media a lot of time overplays it to yeah. strike fear uh, on both sides overplays it because gun owners are terrible. We're awful people. We want to kill everybody. And then the other side is, Oh, we're going to lose it all. And it's going to be a police state and we're going to have communism. Mm -hmm. What do you see? Cause you're early, you are in the middle of, I don't fight. That's I don't even want no part of that. Just use me as a face if you need to, but you're in the middle of that with GOA. So what do you see in that? Yeah, so you know, I, I partner with Gun Owners of America as often as I possibly can, and I love those guys over there. And um, uh, me, uh, Jared Yanis, who's you know, um, yeah. guns, yep, guns and gadgets. Uh, Hank Strange is in that. Pasco. Yeah. I mean, dude, we we all stay in such John Crump. I mean, there's so many guys, but we all stay so well communicated with the leadership at Gun Owners of America because we want to be able to use our voices that we have in the industry and everything and on social media to help promote them. Because every little thing that GOA does is essentially pissing off Congress, uh, which I'm totally cool with. You know, especially <laughs> you know, especially when it comes down to the defense of the Second Amendment. Because I do agree that the that that our founding fathers and the writers of the constitution the bill of rights put yeah. that firearm ownership so high up on the list because they saw after just getting done fighting a war yeah. Yeah. for independence against a tyrannical force essentially uh they saw just how important firearm ownership to the citizen is right and without so you can go and voice your opinion you can go out there you can pick it you can peacefully um come together protest do whatever you got to do and you exercise that first amendment absolutely but the moment they start <laughs> using violence against you right all of a sudden it's like okay you know it doesn't matter if it's a force it doesn't matter if it's a criminal home invader carjacker rapist murder it doesn't matter what the hell it is you have that right to 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 preserve your life right and uh, yeah, I think our founding fathers saw that the the individual right to firearm ownership was such an important thing. That's why it is so high up on the Bill of Rights. And without it, yeah, I do quickly see, and you can see this throughout the course of history. Yeah. Whenever you have a populace unarmed or disarmed by the government, you all of a sudden see 
not just a shooting here, shooting there, execution here, execution there. You see genocide. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You see, I mean, we saw as recent as, you know, Germany. We see it within, you know, Africa all the time with these different tribes and other people that are getting disarmed. Uh, then all of a sudden they're just completely wiped out. You know, yeah. look what happened. Look what's happening right now in South Africa. Right. And um, so there's all sorts of different things that take place within the course of history. Whenever you see a populace disarmed, now all of a sudden you see a populace executed. And you see crime, actually criminal criminal activity of gun ownership goes up Well, because it's illegal. But you see more people having guns because now it's become you've made this an actual business, illegal gun tree, yeah. illegal selling of guns. Hey, yeah, you know what? You're not supposed to have guns in Africa, guys. Go tell those people in Somalia. Go tell them. Go tell. Hey, you know what? Go go to Benghazi and tell. Hey, you, you're not allowed to have huh. guns. That's yeah. and that's something that those of us that have been overseas in some of these places and fought and 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 seen is that just because you tell people they can't have guns, actually, it increases the amount of guns in the in the and the and it's in the hands of criminals because they're using it as a criminal enterprise to sell. And then those criminals have to protect their enterprise. So they're mm. using those illegal guns to protect themselves and to protect their enterprise. And they ain't going anywhere. They're not going to lose their money. And then it turns into civil war. And, no. and, and, and that's, 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 that's even in our history. I, oh, you know. absolutely. I mean, look at it this way too. Well, you know, there's a, there's a couple of points to be made. Anytime government involves themselves, usually they actually uh, multiply the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at, so let's take a look at the war on drugs. We've got more drugs in this in this country than ever before. Look at the war on terrorism. Because of the war on ter terrorism, we naturally created more terrorists. You know, <laughs> you look at uh, you take a look at the ATF and what they've done. They want to they're more likely to actually create more criminals out of law abiding citizens than they are to actually arrest the criminals that are breaking the laws already in place. I, you know, like so pro prohibition was a great example of that. And absolutely that that if you want to see the see what happens when you make something illegal that was first legal yeah look at prohibition and i think it was ian help me if i'm wrong here and and craig you too that was the only Clint, you called him only, craig yeah. oh, i said i said ian no you said craig oh did i say i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, man. morgan fucking gun fucking dumper i, I like that dumper Hey, yeah, Mac, Mac Dump Morgan. Uh, I like I like Morgan better anyway. That's what I thought your name was. That whole course, I thought that was your first name anyway. Oh, that's funny. Is that Morgan? I like Morgan. Who it's, the fuck is well, that? Yeah, it's that military <clears throat> sense. You know, the last there's like some some guys I actually consider myself close friends with, and I don't even know their first name. I know, me too. But yeah. it, you know, that was the only was it the only amendment that was rescinded because it was so awful and it created more problems was prohibition right i don't know what yeah. amendment that was i'm not that smart on that yeah, sort man. of shit but that that's what could happen and and i we've got to learn from history a little bit but here we are it's it's a political but nah, nah, we're getting into politics too much we'll stay out of that let's get or get away from <laughs> well, yeah, I'm getting I, can, if I'm, i could move on yeah that, yeah I'll please, be honest, please. what i wanted to talk about with clint actually and like the thing that stood it's out not craig i thought it was craig that's what I was saying. It's Clint Morgan. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, dude. I'm fucking the thing with you. That I, uh, it's, it's okay. If Chris wants to make fun of me, dude, I'm totally cool for it. All right. Morgan, shut the fuck up, Sergeant. <laughs> shut up. And that's that's staff sergeant. I know you're oh, army sorry, guys. Staff all, all your sergeant, sergeant. All right, but you know. So uh yeah, getting back to what I was saying, though, the thing that I actually wanted to bring Clint on for, and the thing that stood out about you to me, right, is someone who's not as much of a shooter as you guys. And, but, and Jimmy Allen and anyone who's there will say the yeah. same thing. The way that you are with guns, I could tell you were someone who just loves this. Like, this yeah. is your passion. 
And the stuff that you do when people go to your Instagram, when they visit Mag Dump Morgan on Instagram, you're just like, holy shit, this guy does some like really out there stuff that no one else out there is doing. So what I was curious about is for one, when did you get into firearms? And when did like, you don't have to be humble about this because it's true. You obviously have a gift there. Like, when did you realize, wow, this is something I'm very skilled on. And like, maybe I can make this part of my living. So let's see, to start off with the first part of the question, I got started with firearms. My dad actually introduced me to guns when I was really little due to a family tragedy that actually took place with my oldest brother, who was just shy of his um, second birthday. Um, he actually was a victim to gun ne- ne- negligence of a oh, wow. discharge. Yeah. Um, uh, so and I've and I talked that uh, actually on our podcast that we had on with um, Brandon Herrera, the AK guy, awesome dude. I talked a little bit about that, and you know, my dad took a really his wife at the time and my father took very different stances when it comes to firearms. Um, his wife at the time, after losing their oldest child to the negligence negligent discharge of a firearm, uh, not on my dad's part, uh, but anyway, she took it as like no guns ever. She's done with them. She will never have one in her house again and in that sense you know i i I get it right my dad took it on the opposite he said i'm going to teach firearm ownership and safety to every person that might ever be interested in it and so later in life my dad has me i grow up uh, naturally interested in in weapons and firearms and military history things like that you know both of his brothers my two uncles were in the marines my grandfather on my mom's side was in the air force my uh, my great uncle was a marine during world war ii and was at guadalcanal oh wow and uh you know so i grew up with this natural interest with these people that are already surrounded in my life that these masculine military guys that i was <laughs> like you know what dude i want to be like them when i grow up right and um you know i was about 7 years old when I, you know, my dad had pretty much said, hey, I know you like firearms. You've already shown interest. And he said, when you can field strip and reassemble a firearm, I'll take you in the backyard and let you shoot it. And uh, said, okay, cool. So he was already teaching me the fundamentals and just, hey, you know, here's here's rule one, two, three, four, right? Keep your finger off, keep the safety on, point it in a safe direction, treat every gun as if it's loaded. And if you see one laying around, don't touch it. You come and get me. I remember watching the Eddie the Eagle program cartoon from the NRA when I was a little kid, you know, and I used to love Eddie the Eagle, right? And uh, so, you know, I was real little and uh, the first gun I ever shot was a 30 carbine, my dad's 1944 Underwood M1 carbine. And um, I, I'll just never forget that was the gun that I remember was like, I, I, he had 22s and stuff like that, which I thought were cool and everything. But I was like, no, I want to shoot a real gun. You know, a 22 <laughs> to me was a toy almost, you know, like, I know, I know that. And you're a little bad. kid saying this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I was like, I want to shoot a rifle, you know, because I was watching, you know, dude, I, think about it. Like I was watching the longest day uh, to Helen back of the Audie Murphy story. And these guys weren't shooting 22s. They were shooting M1 Garands, right? <laughs> and I was, and they were storming the beaches of Normandy. And I was like, dude, I want to shoot that gun and uh so the m1 carbine was the first one that i actually learned how to kind of like take apart and stuff just a just a basic field strip he didn't ask me to disassemble the bolt and all that stuff just hey basic field strip put it back together and i did it and he said cool we're gonna go out in the backyard you're gonna shoot a mag through it now and he taught me real quick a clip is what an m1 garand shoots a magazine is what this rifle shoots the m1 carbine all right so and i took it out back you know, blew a mag through it. Next gun I learned on was a 1911 and his Remington 870 Wingmaster. And I'm proud to say 
that the first three guns I ever learned to shoot, a rifle, a pistol, and a shotgun, I still have in my collection. He left it to me when he passed. And, uh, you know, so I've, those are guns that I will never get rid of. But that's what ultimately got me into it. And I always grew up, and I think, Chris, you know, you being a military guy too and everything, you probably are naturally competitive. Yeah, and uh, and so, you know, anytime I would go out to the range with some buddies or a couple of friends would come over and we would do some skeet shooting in the backyard, I would always throw out some sort of wager. Hey, let's see who can, you know, sprint down and back and unload into the target with all hits on target as fast as I can. Dude, I just want to shoot some, man. I ain't trying to run and stuff. I'm like, man, you're boring, <laughs> right? Because anybody can pull the trigger, you know, come on, let's, let's, let's incorporate something. And I was 12, 13, moving up into 16, 17, doing that type of stuff. And then, um, you know, I got introduced into some long distance shooting. I guess you could call it long distance shooting with the Marines when I joined in 2011. I was about 20 years old then. And um, I uh, we were at the 500 yard line. And we were shooting there. And I actually was, you know, I went in January and in Paris Island, it gets cold. And my actually my rear sight, we were still shooting iron sights. My rear sight actually was frozen a little bit. So I couldn't make any adjustments. So I was pretty much doing the Kentucky windage at 500 yards, which didn't work out too well for me. I actually almost was a, uh, I onked almost uh, disqualified <laughs> just about, but I, I made up for it on table two, which is more the speed reload and stuff like that. So I graduated boot camp as a sharpshooter instead of an expert, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but that's when really that competitive nature came out. And so to answer the second part of your question about, you know, when did it start to kind of hit that I am not too bad at this? Uh, it was about that time. And then I wanted to start running some competitions. And uh, so I would do some like um, the IDPA stuff or whatever. And uh, and I did okay with that, but I never had like any formal training outside of the Marine Corps, which if you're just a basically trained rifleman, right? I'm not even infantry or whatever, but it, they, they, that one slogan, every Marine a rifleman, yeah. That's not necessarily true. All right. <laughs> Let me just yeah. say, you know, that's not the yeah. most accurate statement. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm not saying word. You keep going, dude. I'm letting that because because I agree. I'm with you. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been a lot of what you I sat behind a desk. I don't know what that. What what is that? What's the Joker? The MOS uh, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, oh, three hundred. Yeah. Fucking, you're a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so he was, so he was a reporter, whatever the hell that MOS was. I don't know, but um, there's, you know, of course the admin, which you know everybody makes fun of admin. Uh, but at the same time, we go to them anytime we have pay issues or health insurance issues. We kind of, so we really appreciate admin, but we just don't say it. You know what I mean? Everybody makes fun of supply, but you know me, technically, I'm a supply guy because I provide ammunition as a 2311 ammunition technician. But you know, of course, our saying is, well, bullets don't fly without supply, and grunts, you know, love that shit. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, so all of that to say, uh, you know, I started with classic firearms in what, 2018 or so. And then I took the job as kind of like the face of the company and doing all the YouTube videos and stuff like that in about 2019. And then we started going to some of the courses and one of the actual first courses that we went to was the battle line tactical for no Scott. Shit. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. No. Yeah, but with, you uh, could, you know what? I'm just going to jump in and say, I mean, you could tell you have been very, very proficient and great at what you do before then. And there's nothing wrong with saying it. I'm thinking of that Bruce Lee quote where he's like, if I, uh, that is the quote card where he says, if I told you I was no good, you would know I was lying. And if I told right. you I was good, you'd say I'm full of myself. You're great at what you do. I mean, when people watch your videos, they'll they can see that you are someone who's just very skilled with what you do. But but being humble is a good trait to have, dude. Humility is a, is a fleeting trait in today's society, especially because of social media. 
And oh, because yeah. of the, I think that's where I have a problem with influencers is because if you call yourself an influencer, you're not humble, but you got to be humble. Yeah. And well, most, most of the guys that are humble yeah. are the ones I don't want to fuck with. That's the one. That's, and it's, that's still the true adage. Who's the ones you are worried about? Usually it's the quiet ones or the ones that are humility, have some humility and you're an arrogant son of a bitch too, but you have that humility <laughs> too. It's a good time. Hey, I'm an arrogant motherfucker too sometimes, but I have my times where I, I, so I got to be humble too at times, you know, because there's always somebody out there that's going to be a little bit better. Than you. There's but always yeah, a bigger fish, but you yeah, know, yeah, but yeah, I, I will say this though. My arrogance comes out when John Keyes is around and he wants to, he wants to challenge a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right, all right, Jolly, you know, Mr. Keyes, let's, let's flex a little bit. You know? So he and I give each other shit. And, and, uh, and can I just say there's a big difference there because when he was on the podcast, he's a guy who got into firearms way later in life. Yeah. You're a guy who was doing it as a little kid. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And I, and I gotta tell you, man, I, I freaking love him and he, he and I still talk shit, dude. But at the end of the day, dude, we hug and uh, we, we, we call each other and, you know, we're, we're, we're bros. Right. And, uh, but no, you know, and I, that sense of humility that you're talking, I'll be honest with you guys. I mean, I was listening to some of your other podcasts. You've had like the lead singer of saliva on how freaking cool is that? You got Jack Carr. Um, uh, you talked about Jade too. And I, you know, I was just thinking when I got into this world of, you know, people that I've been following and watching for a long time, you know, and now all of a sudden, you know, they're texting me on a regular basis. I'm like, how the hell did I get here? How did I wind up where Chris Tonto Pronto and Ian here are asking me to come on? Oh, come on. I, I call, you know? Hey dude, I still think yeah. your name's Craig Morgan. This, I you see country music, <laughs> hey, you know what? Man. That's it's fair. Right. That's fair. You know, it, would be, it could be a worse person to call Craig Morgan. Hey, Craig Morgan. Cause he's, you know, we need to get actually need, do need to get Craig Morgan on the show. Again. <laughs> uh, he's one of my favorite singers out there. I didn't Craig. even know. I gotta be honest. They didn't, I, you I didn't know country maker, country. You, Oh, you know me like I know rock, I know hip hop, oh, I know a little bit of country. Oh, okay. I don't really know Craig Morgan. All right, Craig Not Morgan familiar. is the man. That dude is the man. He's actually good, good dude. Anyway, Clint, I'm sorry, man. I, you You're know, good. And and thank you for that shout out. But you've met me before, dude. I am yeah. the most. Come on, I, I'm five eight, five nine at the standing on my tippy toe. I'm a short little freaking Mexican that weighs about 165 pounds, man. No, you know, you know, I mean, that's a special, but my, my thing question is when you went in the Marines, we're going back a little bit. What, yeah. you know, I didn't go in for, is there a reason where you not pick? Cause was your, was your dad or your family, if you're learning guns, I'm assuming they probably were in combat arms of some, whether it was infantry or artillery or, or uh, was there a reason that you didn't go that route? Cause it sounds like that was what you were being prepped to go into was, yeah. What, 01, 01, 011, what is it? 0100? 0300, I don't know. Yeah, the 0311s, yeah. 0311, but 03 yeah, what, what, yeah. or was that what was beyond your control and God just had a different plan for you, man? No, you know, I, whenever, I always knew I wanted to join, you know, the Marines. The Marines were always at the top of my list. I, I got scouted by um, uh, the Army, actually, at uh, a recruiter was there. He wanted me to go warrant officer and become like a helicopter pilot. That's cool. And uh, and I was like, dude, I'm nowhere near smart enough to do that. All right. I hate math. I, <laughs> I love to fly. Don't get me wrong. I actually looked at getting my private pilot's license, but I ran out of money. And uh, so I said, okay, you know, that stuff gets expensive. So I decided to put my money, you know, into other things like guns and some, some light work on cars and stuff like that. Right. And uh, so obviously not into schooling because I only did a couple of years of a community college. And then I kind of convinced my family like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to join the Marine reserves because they'll pay for my college and stuff like that. Right. So I'll just do that. And then, you know, I, I won't join like an infantry MOS like, ah, you know, that seems cool and everything, but I have yet to meet an infantry guy that actually that like loves their life. So, you know, um, you know, let me just see what's local. Let me see what's around here. And so I went to the Marine Corps recruiter 
And uh, at that point in time, his name was Staff Sergeant Long. And this dude, he got me. All right. He told me that I was pretty much going to be explosive ordnance disposal. He pretty much said that, dude, you're going to travel the world. You're going to see the coolest shit. You know, you're, you're going to be the, you're going to be the man. You're going to be drowning and, you know, women and stuff. You're going to, you're going to love he said women. No. Yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> and, uh, but he said, dude, you're going to love it, man. He said, and, and you're already a gun guy too. And it's like, ah, yeah, don't worry about the infantry. And I think that's just because I already met the quota for all the infantry, you know, MOSs. So, uh, but I said, you know, I, he tried to talk me into going to active, but I was like, nah, I think I want to stay reserves. And uh, so he said, okay, all right, well, let's just see what we got around here. And then he says, you know, he found this MOS and he said, yeah, ammo tech, you're pretty much EOD. And uh, I said, okay. He said, yeah, they're in Greenville, South Carolina. So we, so we made the drive uh, about two hours or so from Charlotte down to Greenville. And I, and I went and talked to the leadership over there. And this is before I even signed any paperwork. And uh, yeah, they talked to me a little bit and they uh, said, yeah, you'll, you know, come here, you know, don't get fat. I'll bounce you like a, you know, like a ball or whatever. And I said, okay, that's cool. And ironically enough, it was a fat guy that was telling me. That. <laughs> standard. <laughs> standard. Yep. And uh, so I was like, okay, all right, whatever. And finally I said, you know what? Screw it, dude. Let's just do it. And I've always been that kind of guy where I'm like, I just jump head first into something. It's like, dude, I got one life. I'm going to freaking live it. And uh, I have gotten really comfortable with living outside of my comfort zone. And uh, that's something I'm actually, that is something I won't humble myself. I, that is something I'm proud of because I know a lot of people that live the same miserable lives every single day. They're doing something that makes them really unhappy, yeah. but they never actually want to make the change to do something about it. And, and I did, you know, I've done that a couple of times in my life and, um, and I'm happy I did it. But anyway, and uh, so, you know, I want to say I went into a recruiting office in November and they had guys on this, what's called the pool E program that, you know, pretty much just young, young men and women, just boys and girls are actually waiting for their time to depart to Paris Island uh, to go to boot camp. And uh, I went into November, I went to one pool E function. Some people have already been there a year. And then a spot opened up and they said, Hey, do you want to go in January? And I was like, wow, I thought, you know, I'd have like a year or something. And I uh, said, yeah, well, most of these guys do, but do you want to go in January? And I said, screw it. Yeah, I'll go. Why the hell not? And so January 3rd, you know, still working the hangover off from, from New Year's. <laughs> uh, I'm on these damn yellow footprints getting yelled at by some really angry dudes and some funky looking hats. And uh, next thing you know, I'm walking through the doors that, that I was told I'll never pass through again. And they're right. I haven't seen those doors ever again. And I'm getting yelled at, getting questioned, interrogated. What did I lie about on my enlistment papers and all sorts of stuff, you know, and no sleep for 48 hours and got that one phone call home. You know, hi, dear mom, this is recruit Clint Morgan. I have made it to Paris Island safely. Goodbye. You know, and that's, that's what you can say. And I hear my mom like crying on the other side of the phone. Oh, man. And, uh, oh, yeah. And I can't say I love you or anything like that. You know, and other guys, you can hear them try to like, they're crying at the phone too. And the drill instructor's yelling at them. And that's when I start to kind of laugh. I'm like, this is kind of fun. You know, like, kind of, like, dude, I mean, I'm already getting paid more than I've ever made to, to be getting yelled at. I'm cool with this, you know. And, uh, but ultimately, no, I, I, you know, I never really thought about joining infantry or, being a rifleman or anything like that. I thought they did some cool stuff. And then I'll never forget. I knew I made the right choice when I was in Morocco in 2017. Yeah. 
And uh, I, it was me and the ammo techs. We get what's cool about my MOS is we get to segregate ourselves from everybody else because of a conflict of interest. The guys that are using the ammunition can't be sleeping next to the guys that are issuing the ammunition, or else, hey, dude, I'll give you a, you know, I'll give you a couple more grenades if you let me come out to that range with you and you know put a couple of belts. Uh, for the now. Okay. Yeah. So even though that still happens, uh, they I say yeah, we we like to kind of segregate ourselves, and so we go out, we build our own showers. We're we're living the best life out there. We got shade. We got different canopies that we build on our own. Oh, that we make what we call quote unquote drug deals. Like, hey, you know what? We'll make sure that you guys are at the first of the line whenever we're issuing out ammunition. So you get the range, you get to hit the range first, and then you guys get to go to sleep earlier. If you guys come out and I don't know, maybe build us a, a little smoke pit or something, you know? Oh yeah, dude, definitely. We'll hook you up. So little things like that. But I'll never forget me and a couple of guys were sitting enjoying taking a fresh shower there's no showers at the main camp we built our own we brought solar showers and stuff like that we're hanging them up we're doing laundry and everything these guys are in weeks old clothes and everything else that are at the main base and i'll never forget watching a whole platoon of infantry guys march across the desert we can literally watch them going over the horizon and i see one guy who's whose kevlar helmet fell off of his pack and he's kicking it because he doesn't have time to bend over and actually pick it up <laughs> And he's kicking <laughs> and my gunny, he turns, he goes, and that right there should let you know that you boys have made the perfect, the correct decision about the MOS. That you chose. He's kicking it, man. That's... He's kicking it across the desert. And I thought that was too damn funny. I was like, you know, shooting machine guns is cool, but sitting here well bathed and in clean clothes sounds a lot cooler right now. <laughs> this is true. What, what were you guys doing in Morocco? What was going on? Training. That's, um, uh, yeah. That's awesome. That's a great place to go go train at man yeah so one thing my recruiter like i said he told me i get to travel the world and uh said okay all right that sounds pretty sweet and um well i got to go to norway and morocco and that was both of those would have actually been after my enlistment if i didn't re-enlist <laughs> that's wow. pretty cool though because that like is, yeah. when you hear about traveling the world as yeah. someone in the service I mean, a lot of the places you've traveled to, Chris, are places you would never want to visit just as a tourist and enjoy. Yeah, not, not like when, when I, I hear working, Morocco no. and Norway, like <laughs> you get to travel and see the really nice parts of the world. Yeah. So Morocco, I don't know if I'd actually like really care about going back to Morocco, but uh, <laughs> there, there, we did actually get to have a couple of nights of liberty. Um, um, in cool. Agadir, which was pretty cool. But Norway was beautiful. We, again, uh, as a reservist, you know, we show up one weekend a month, uh, we do our thing. And and that's really kind of vague, uh, honestly, because sometimes it could be, you know, we're showing up, you know, during the week. Also, we've got different trainings, we're doing things like that. But ultimately, rule of thumb is one weekend a month, and then a couple of weeks out of the summer, we go to 29 Palms in California. Um, I've been to, you know, Kentucky for training, Michigan for training, things like that. And it's ultimately just making sure we're up to date, and getting making sure that we know how to do our job. If push comes to shove, uh, we've got to deploy or something like that. And the, in the, um, uh, you know, initial invasion of Iraq, it was actually a bunch of reservists that went and set up the field ammunition supply point out there. And so it's typically the reservists on my MOS go and set up the ammunition supply points. And then the active duty guys come in and kind of maintain and take over running the day-to-day -day operations, or I should say the, the, the battle to battle operations, sure. but typically the reservists are the ones kind of going in for my MOS kind of going in and setting things up and getting things ready to sh ready to party. If you know what yeah. I mean. Now I, I didn't, did you have to go in any of the times during the global war on terror? Was your reserve unit called up at all to do any of that? Or was that? I, I actually missed that 
by about a year. So when, uh, yeah, when did you, again, you probably said it. I, yeah. I missed it. I missed it when you said your name was Craig. I were going to keep hitting <laughs> that. Um, but it, what, what year did you join again? I, I'm sorry, Clint, I'm sorry, buddy. I know you probably said it and I should remember it. And it's my, no, my no, no, dude, you're good. I may have, I may have, I actually don't even remember if I said it, but it was January of 2011. Oh, so you, okay. Yeah. So you, you did and you guys are, but you're still kind of on a bubble every once in a while. Right? I mean, with all the shit going on right now, I, you know, as much as the Democrats like to say, there's not anything going on right now, there's still just as much shit going on in, in the world right now than there was yeah. back in the global war on terror, whether it's Syria, uh, Northern Iraq, Turkey on the border yeah. there, Ukraine, of course, but are you guys on a bubble right now to possibly go anywhere if, yeah. if necessary? Yeah, there's always something. And with my unit, you know, we're a uh, we're a detachment. We were a company at one point, but we're a detachment of a, a battalion at this point. And uh, it's mostly onesies and twosies. Like, hey, they might have a spot open here. We need we need an ammo tech to fill this role for this deployment happening for however months or how many you know for a year or something like that over there. So us deploying as you know a battalion or on a, as a detachment would have to be a major. major. Oh, it would have to be like literally an act of war, like Congress has declared war. Now, all of a sudden, we're gearing up and we're probably going to go somewhere. Uh, but with these conflicts that we've pretty much been having, where something here, something there, something here, something there, like, I mean, when I honestly don't know, you know, when was the last time that Congress declared war? You know, uh, I'm I'm actually not too sure. I'm not too yeah, sure. Because I, you know, I, I when don't you think about it, the Iraq yeah. war, it wasn't yeah. even, yeah, Congress <laughs> didn't even declare it. And that's why people like Ron Paul were like very, uh, against it and saying this isn't a legitimate war. The president doesn't have the authority to just do this, but we did. We don't completely follow the Constitution anymore. That's just the way it is. You know what? I, you know what I wanted to ask you about though. We were talking about the whole um, influencer culture and what yeah. you do on Instagram and what you're known for. Uh, do you worry about all of this going away because of how strict the social media sites are with anything related to firearms? Because I can tell you with this podcast. The only time I experience issues and posts getting taken down yeah. are honestly our stuff with Fort Scott munitions. <laughs> if you do any giveaway, right? Even if it's a giveaway for ammo, which is legal in every state, That's they'll right. take it down. You're selling guns illegally. It, yeah. It's so, do you work? Because the thing is, I know there's always going to be these sites like Truth Social and Rumble, right. but they don't have the massive audience that Instagram and YouTube does. And I just think if like unilateral, unilaterally, all these sites decide to say no more firearms. Yeah. What you do goes away. And that sucks. It really does. And, and I, I personally worry about it because like with our podcast, we get to talk about other things than firearms. And if we yeah. have to no longer talk about it, the podcast will still, still survive. But what you do is 100% firearms all the time. It is. So uh, is it something that I worry about? Yeah. For a second there, we did think that all of this was actually going to go away. YouTube made their assault on gun tubers earlier this year. And yeah. actually, thanks to our friend, uh, Mike, Mr. Uh, Guns and Gear, and uh, a couple of other recognizable names in the industry, who, one of which wants to kind of stay uh, unnamed. Uh, but And also, they got involved with uh, Congress and pretty much said, hey, you know, what are we going to do here? And, and Mr. Guns and Gears guy is Mike. He's actually, we will, you know, credit him with ultimately saving our channel so much so that we actually now have a rep in YouTube and are actually getting monetized, <laughs> which That's great, you know, which is great. So do I worry about it? Yeah, I do. Uh, but at the same time, it's also kind of learning how to play the game just right. So Instagram is really picky. And if you start posting the word giveaway, 
If you start saying anything like that, yeah. all of a sudden you're going to, there's <laughs> algorithms out there and there's a lot of software and smart technology that's going to pick up on this. And so we actually learned that. And I'm not, a, I'm not, you know, afraid to say this, or I'm not giving away any secrets here or anything, well, kind of, I guess. But at the same time, you know, there's ways to get around that. Cause on YouTube, if we want to be monetized, we can't mention that we're also a business, right? I can't say, Hey, go to classicfirearms.com to purchase this product. Now, all of a sudden I'm actually telling people to leave YouTube site and go somewhere else. But I can say too, and I also can't promote giveaways because now all of a sudden we're giving away a regulated item, even though it's completely legal, or else we wouldn't be able to do this. We'd all we'd all be in handcuffs if that were the case. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what ultimately I say is we created what's called a landing page for social media. It shows no guns. Uh, the robots that they have uh, monitoring the sites and things like that. If they were to travel to cfcontest.com, all they see are social media methods or methods of gaining points by clicking on these different links. So, hey, visit our Facebook page, like and like and share our latest YouTube video. It's all social media, but that also gains them entries into our giveaway. But it doesn't expressly say that at cfcontest.com. I just tell our audience to go there. Sure. So instead of saying, hey, like we used to, go to our website, classicfirearms.com to enter our current giveaway, that would make that video pretty much get, that would probably be a strike now, right? This but, is, by the way, this is great information to know. Yeah. I can tell yeah. you, like Chris's guy, Jeremy Mitchell, like, let's do yeah. this. This is, yeah. this is well, good. Well, well, I didn't Jeremy know all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, and, he, and, and he's right. You have to find the algorithms. And, and they actually, him and my wife on Facebook have got it down pretty good. But for me, I, I'm not, I, I don't push even on my Instagram page. I don't push a lot of farm sale. People know they'll go to my website. It's on the website. And that's the blessing of, of being around for a little bit now is that I don't have to post the firearms. I don't have to post, hey, go, it's just, oh, let's go to Tano's website. And Instagram, I'm going to get shadow banned regardless. I post absolutely no guns. I My posts, if you see my main account- Well, you post guns, yourself with, with guns. Every yeah. once in a while, every once in a while, I'll do that. It's mostly throwback or, or, or trying to do inspirational stuff or God stuff. And really, it's just how Tano gets shadow banned. Every once in a while, I'll get, I'll come off. Like last week, I came off and I got two thousand followers in a week, and now I'll be banned for even though I hadn't I got see, any. Yeah, any, I see the same thing with ours for six months. Yeah. But I, I think there is something though, even though they're 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 really extremely extremely right wing with the true social on the rumble, posting stuff over there and moving not just not getting rid of the Instagram or the YouTube or Facebook, but doing stuff over there because even if they only have a quarter of the followers of Instagram. And Instagram I'm going to say it's way less than a quarter. Well, even, at even let's say 10%, how many sales do you need? You, you get 10,000 followers over there. They're all into you. They all, and, and those sites, yeah, they do like guns. Yeah. Yeah. I would say on Rumble and True Social, yeah. uh, they do like farms. They want to learn. They do believe in the constitution. Even if you got a 10th of, of the business from what you get on Instagram, that's still a lot. Lot of freaking business. Even if you just yeah. got ten thousand people looking, it's hard to get ten thousand people to look at off Instagram or Facebook because of our shadow bands. And that's how right. I see it. It's like, well, I'm not going to get rid of those because I do like it. I think, I think it will eventually come around. And there is every once in a while a good guy will come in there. Somebody will come in there and yeah. take the chokehold off. And all well, of a yeah, look go, at look at uh, look at Elon Musk buying Twitter. Well, I, mean, I mean, that's that's yeah. the big example. I would say <laughs> that Twitter is completely changed because of Elon Musk. And you know what's weird? It's like there has to be some type of balance because of the fact that when you hear about people going on mass shootings 
and mm-hmm. live streaming them on social media, which we all yeah. find absolutely disgusting. Right. I understand why they're a little bit paranoid about firearms, but I think they need to realize there's a, there's a totally separate category for people who are promoting firearms ownership in a healthy way, gun safety, people who do what you do, and the people who need to be targeted because they're terrorists. And and I don't think firearms are social. Here, I'll make you a deal. I'll get rid of my firearms. You guys get rid of your social media, your 24-7 news cycle, all the talk shows, and all the reality shows. And that's that's my deal. There you go. All right? (laughs) Because I don't think firearms are not the problem. And I'll say it again, social media, 24-7 news cycle are way up there on the top of it. Yeah. And I think even without those, I think like yourself, Craig, <laughs> sorry, I can't stop. Clint, I, I really, I still think farms will still sell because mm-hmm. guys like yourself, even myself, guys like Ryan, John, we're, we're nature, you know, we're, we're using this as a mode to help us get our name out there, get training classes out there, get farms out there, but we're still old school. If it came down to, we're going to put something in an envelope and send it out to you. We'll yeah. do that because the value of hard work is ingrained. And obviously from what you talked about growing up, it's ingrained. Yeah. So that's the one thing. If, even if all this went away, mm-hmm. you guys would still be successful because you just, I'll just put a little elbow grease into it. So what, let's get it done. And, and, yeah. Um, but I, I guess my, what is your opinion on that? If we did, you got the social media side, I was going more sort of the truth social and the rumbles. I think there's value there. I, I just don't want to get caught into the extreme right winger, a Trump's that Trump's a saint. And I, he's no. not, he's not at all. No. I don't, I no. really don't care for the guy, no. but there, those people do support farms and I'm glad, and they, God bless them. I, and I do, I'm on, I'm on true social. I, I'm getting a little bit more involved because I do see there could be some value to that. And no. that group, yeah, they do need people like yourself. The funny, Hey, the, so that's not the angry Trump was robbed. It was, hey, there's yeah. good people. Look at this is the people you're supporting out here. Guys like yourself, guys like John Keats, guys like Shermer, guys mm-hmm. like you know, like myself. I, I think I'm a good guy most of the time. My wife says <laughs> I'm not at times, but I think I'm pretty decent. Do you think there is a value going there? And are you on there? I don't know if you mm-hmm. are or not. I really haven't got on it too much. And if you're not, why? Why wouldn't you be over there? We are on Rumble uh, and we have the true social handle. And with what we, how we look at it is we have to kind of see the value, I guess you could say, because at the end of the day, we are a business, you know? And so we look at it like, okay, if we were to dedicate even more man hours into, let's say, posting to true social, because we already do it to rumble. We we see the payback there. uh, And we also see the outreach that we're getting because we're not able. So we'll, so like, um, for our giveaway videos, because the giveaways are what really put classic firearms on the map. Yeah. Yeah. They're just real good. Dude, I mean, and it works. A lot of people ask like, well, how can this company afford to do that? And it's, it's, it's called marketing, ladies and gentlemen. And, <laughs> and it works very, very well. And here's how we look at it, right? So I'm going to break it down for you guys, you know, pretty much down to the nitty gritty. And it doesn't work for everybody. This isn't going to work for a local gun shop who doesn't quite frankly have the type of outreach that, that we do because as they sell to a local community, which I think is still absolutely necessary and God bless them. I'm friends with plenty of local gun shops that I love. I'll go in there and I'll see something that I, oh shit, you know what? We might sell this on the website, but I don't know, but I see it right here in front of me now. I'm going to buy it. Right. And uh, so that's great, but this might not this, the strategy I'm about to tell you guys probably won't work for a lot of local gun shops because they're only getting the outreach to their community. Okay. 
and we get we do get to sell to the to the nation right and uh so what we like to do is ultimately we offer these giveaways and they started off real basic real simple many years ago when ben who started the company was doing all the videos and stuff uh a 22 revolver right that got people saying oh i'll sign up i'll give you my email for a 22 revolver okay cool we get a couple of emails now all of a sudden hey you know what this this email that I, you know, I got in my inbox now from that company. I signed up for a free gun. Well, I didn't win the gun, but they got some pretty cool stuff on their website. You know, I will go buy that box of ammo. Actually, you know what? That gun was pretty cool. I'm going to go buy that gun, even though I didn't win it. Now, all of a sudden that email is turning into sales and that gun has already pretty much paid for itself in that giveaway. Now, all of a sudden we give away something bigger, something badder, something more expensive, people are more willing to sign up for that. Like, holy shit, do I have the opportunity to win a 50 cal? Absolutely. I'm going to sign up for that. So now all of a sudden, let's say we get, uh, let's say we get, I don't know, 4,000 new emails for a 50 cal giveaway that costs, let's just say $10,000, right? With the optic and everything else we've included, maybe we included ammo and everything else like that. Let's say this whole giveaway has cost the company $10,000. Great. Now, all of a sudden, we got 4,000 new people signing up, and let's say we average the cost out of, or I should say they average the price that people are willing to pay when they come to our website. It could be anywhere between five bucks for a pack of stickers, or it could be, uh, a, again, it could be a $5,000 gun. could be that $10,000 gun we just gave away, but somebody says, I know I'm not going to win it. I want to buy it. So they get it, right? You, you average that out, and let's just say it's $5 per email. Well, now all of a sudden that gun that was $10,000, five times 4,000, what is that, 20,000, something like that? So now all of a sudden that gun's paid for itself times two, right? And so it's like, that's how we've really kind of figured out the entire marketing behind these giveaways and things like that. And then all of a sudden we start partnering with other influencers or manufacturers or whoever <laughs> else. And now that number grows even more and more and more. And that's bringing even more people to our website, even more people to our social media and more people that are ultimately getting involved. Because if you actually listen to some of the content that we put out there, I throw out some pretty, I want to be entertaining. I want to be informative. But at the same time, what I really want to do is promote people to ultimately exercise their second amendment rights safely and respect responsibly. And now all of a sudden, those same people that ultimately clicked on our website to sign up for a free gun are now watching our videos. And I'm running into them at the NRA annual meet, or I'm running into them at some other show. And they're shaking my hand because they're saying, hey, you inspired me to build my first AR. Dude, that's the most humbling thing I've ever seen. Because that that's the part I was dropping off a U-Haul recently. And the guy checking me in was like, holy shit, you're Clint from Classic Firearms. And, uh, and I said, yeah, that's that's me. And he goes, dude, I built two rifles because of you. I built a Mark 18 clone and I built a uh, AR-10 because that's exactly what you did. And uh, I'm like, dude, no freaking way. So now not only have I inspired this guy to not only own firearms, but get so involved where he's actually learning and building them, which I think is great, you know? And that's the part that really just like makes me want to cry because I'm like, dude, that's, I can't believe I've ever gotten into this position where I've inspired somebody to go out and build something that I'm passionate about, right? Yeah. So that's, that's the cool shit, if you ask me. And that goes back to what you said earlier. Uh, and uh, this might be the last comment I have to make about everything, but <laughs> I was just going to say when you were talking about people doing things with their life they don't want to be doing, working jobs that they yeah. don't want to do, yeah. you're saying how people don't take risks and that you're not that guy. I think sometimes people are hard on someone like yourself where you're an influencer doing what you love because maybe they're a little jealous of that, you know, and, and you do see people who are like, 
what do you even do for a living? And yeah. like you mock that in your Instagram bio, where you're like, I dump mags for a living. Yeah, right. Which, yeah. You're doing what you love. And I meet people even my age, and there's probably the people even more jaded that are Chris's age that are like, <laughs> these people need to get a real job, whatever. But you know what? The fact is, all of us have smartphones now. All of us are on YouTube. We're watching things that we love. And it's great that people are able to take advantage of that and wake up every day and say, man, I'm doing what I'm passionate about every day of my life. And I see that in you. And, and also just that whole rant that you went on there. I have to say, Chris, like if we ever need someone like to be brought on board for marketing and social media and we have the money to do so, Clint is our guy because that, that was so intelligent and way above my head at the same time. But I can tell you know exactly what you're doing. Well, hey, I got to actually give credit to my team. I just know how we do it. Believe me, I didn't get us to this point, okay? <laughs> I just know how we do it. And uh, I, I worked with an amazing group of people. You know, Ryan, My uh, he's he's more than just our videographer. But Chris, you met Ryan um, yeah. uh, at the uh, Fort Scott uh, training and everything. Phenomenal dude. And this guy puts in the work, man. And so, you know, I've got guys like him. We've got an entire email team. Uh, we've got our production assistant, who's now our head of social media, John, who just does fabulous, you know, pictures and things like that. And that's the other thing, you know, when we learn these different social media sites, like Instagram, we're just going to post up a picture, a well, a well done picture that John usually takes now. And we just kind of throw out um, a comment or a question that we're asking the community and we get their feedback down to the comments. All that again, boosts the algorithm, the boost uh, engagement, things like that. And so that's ultimately what we look to do. And the more and more people we get, get involved, uh, the more and more I shout out organizations like gun owners of America, like firearms policy coalition. I hope that's just bringing more light to those types of industries or those types of, uh, organizations, because quite simply without them, I don't know where we would be when it comes down to our rights you know again these are guys that are that are sending letters to congress that are standing up on the on the on the floor that are in the ear of these different representatives and they they make them mad they piss them off and i and i love it that's what i was mentioning before they just recently sent a letter all about the pistol brace ban yeah. saying straight to the leadership of uh, the house and a lot of these reps that are typically pro gun are pretty mad about it because they're like, you know, why would you send it directly to the leadership? Why wouldn't you come to us? We're going to vote on it when we return from recess in June. Well, that's because this this goes into effect May 31st. So by the time you come back and vote on it, 40 million people potentially yeah. are, are felons. <laughs> so that's why we signed this letter. That's why we do what we do. And if I can shine light onto these organizations doing what they're doing, then hell yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And if I get to, you know, along the way, you know, blow a little smoke here and meet cool guys like y'all selves. And yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm proud to say I do that too. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and you guys are, you're doing good, man. I, 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 there aren't a lot of, you know, me and, and I don't like a lot of influencers. I don't, I, I, a lot. And I got along with a lot of you guys. Actually, I was very, very, for the people that came in for the Fort Scott, right. Thing, Ryan, I remember Kraft was, I do what about him? What about him? Oh, yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, I was progressing. Yeah, all right, fine. He's yeah. and you, you guys really did did an excellent job just enjoying it, taking it seriously, and enjoying and and being mentors, being good mentors like you are right now, and teaching people how to do the social media, how to do the emails. That's a business thing that's hard to learn. I get that. I even I I actually don't. Ian, I know it seems like I don't do that, but I do every morning. It's like fuck. All right, emails. How much is that going to cost me this month? All right, what do we need to push out? What do we need to promote? Because there is a system to it, not oh, just yeah. social media, but the email system. Mm -hmm. And maybe I, I I know we're going to run up on time here. 
get a little bit into that because it sounds easy pushing hmm. out emails. It's really not because you could push out a bunch of emails, pay MailChimp or whoever else it is that you guys use a ton of money and get no response to it. You really yeah. have to not just on social media, you got to worry about algorithms, but you got to worry about the, doing the and with gun owners and those that that are that the social media doesn't like. Yeah. Emails are where it's at. It really is. It's our bread and butter. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an untapped uh, region for a lot of people out there. So maybe before we end up here, go through that a little bit, a little bit more in, in mm -hmm. detail and maybe help somebody at a business that maybe having problems out there. How do you, uh, how do you optimize your emails and, and what do you do and, and what's yeah. your best email? What's, what's we're pushing out or mail chipper, what a nation bill tell, go through that a little bit. Cause that is something that I think a lot of businesses would be doing a lot better if they knew how to magnify that instead of just staying on social media. Yeah. So uh, we, we hired a very good web developer uh, and, 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 couple of analytics analytics guys to figure out where the sweet spot is because what we ultimately want to do is again i've already explained the giveaways right yep, yeah, how, giveaways. how that giveaways. generates revenue yep. for us yep. now all of a sudden people again are having to sign up via email because that's how we notify the winner is through email right we used to do it via phone things like that but that you know that that's a lot, you know, it's a lot easier to say, Hey, you won, here you go. You know, send us in your paperwork, which FFL do you want this stuff sent to? If we're giving away a suppressor also, which SOT do you want it sent to? All that type of fun stuff, right? So we do it all through email. And ultimately we have a, we have a team that dedicates uh, pretty much what their job is to see what product we have in stock, what we need to sell on, what we might be sitting on quite a bit of. Uh, we work with Ben, who's the general manager, again, the guy who started the uh, the company, uh, to set pricing because we want to see like, hey, we, we obviously need to be competitive in this industry. So we want to see, okay, it's a collaboration of all these different things. The content focuses typically around whatever our giveaway is. So if we're giving away like uh, the SIG Spear, right? Sure. Let's say we're giving away the Spear LT. Well, that's a completely ambidextrous gun. So now I want to say uh, SIG Spear LT versus LWRCI. Uh, you know, because they're both completely ambidextrous guns. So now all of a sudden we're going to have a video done on that. That video is going to be featured in the email. That email is going to feature products that are going to feature ambidextrous lowers. It's going to feature 5.56 ammunition. It's going to feature our shirts that have 5.56 going across it. It's going to be pretty much everything bases around. It's all, it all works together. Typically we don't send out emails that are separate from something else, gotcha. right? Uh, we even have blog posts. So now we get into uh, our blog writer, Walker, who's also fantastic. He'll look, he'll put up a blog and he'll do some research. So he'll spend a lot of time, write up an article about will the United States military leave the M4 for the Sig Spear. And all of a sudden, all of that focuses, all of that content is around pretty much one subject being this gun, which draws the attention to people that Okay. All right. Cool. You know what? Let me go to YouTube. See it there. Let me go to Rumble. See the full length gotcha. video there. That's going to show all the shooting and all the where to go to for the giveaway uh, and so on and so forth. So the email is what we figured out too. And I get this all the time. You guys flood my inbox. And I said, that's right. Yes, we absolutely do. And we, we pretty much, it took years to figure out what that sweet spot is. Cause we send about four emails a day. That's a, and that's, that's, that's not cheap. Sending reason, it, depending on the number of people and you guys have yeah. a ton of people now so yeah. I, I don't people know that too it's not just free emails not like no. in the good old days when grunt style and black rifle coffee started where yeah. everything basically yeah. was free yeah. and 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 now mm. it, it costs money so uh, you know that return 
when did you start? I know I'm going long, dude. The return, I mean, was it, are you seeing a return every time or are there times yeah. now where you do take a hit? Like, man, that didn't do as well. Or I know there's, they do better, but there are times where you just, you're, you're actually not in the black. You're, you're, yeah. you're in the red, man. You're like, man, mm. that, that did shitty. We just lost based off of all these emails we sent. Or have you seen basically, I've seen positives on my end. I've never lost. Yeah. I've done better on some, Yeah. but, but also I don't, I'm, I, I don't, yeah, sometimes if, I put a lot of money into it. Sometimes yeah, if, I don't. But if we take a loss, it's typically because of the product, not because of the emails. Okay. In other words, you know, let's say we get a, a thousand of this one gun that's priced at fifteen hundred dollars, but the market's flooded with this style of gun, um, and we can't get them to sell. So now we're selling them at under cost, right? Okay. So it's typically a, a specific product or something like that. The emails themselves, they they typically make their make their return. I, as far as I know, at least, I haven't seen the numbers that ever showed us in the red or anything like that. Uh, but you know, I know that we do that some outperform others. Uh, you know, people love what we what classic firearms was originally known for were classic firearms and that was the the surplus guns and stuff like that and so typically whenever we send an email out with brand new surplus that stuff sells out i mean it goes especially depending on what it is when i first started with classic we had 3000 rusty cosmoline covered SKSs that were sitting in Yugoslavia for 30 years because they were Chinese and they have to sit in a neutral country for so many decades before it can be sold to the American population. And we got 3000 of these damn things. And I'll never forget how freaking cool it was opening up these crates of these guns, smelling how, if, if you've ever smelled cosmoline yeah. Oh, yeah. And wood, then you know what I'm talking about. You're like man. Lord of War, dude, you're Nicolas yeah. Cage, man. Oh, dude, I loved it, man. I love it. And you know, you just, just open this shit up and you people and now you're recording it and people are seeing your genuine reaction and that's honestly what i miss you know and, but that's but cool. we do that and people people are amazed by it and we put that in an email and then all of a sudden people watching the video they're like holy shit you know what we're as close as going to the gun show without showing up to the gun show as possible and that's ultimately what we wanted to be and then once covid hit it all kind of switched for us because what we realized where there are so many people sitting at home uh, working from home that they were maybe even out of a job and they were just at home so hell you know people resonated really well when all of a sudden i started working from home and me and my buddy ryan were literally recording videos in my garage right and now all of a sudden people are watching that and man i gotta tell you it changed covid changed that's when we really got put on the map because we put out a video every single day at least 10 minutes in length fully edited every single day and we did that for 860 870 days something like that. And, uh, that was a lot. <laughs> and and how many people that spent that stimulus check on, on firearms? <laughs> the comments section, uh, would say all the time, a lot. All right. <laughs> and that was when we saw, I mean, the, the whole firearms industry, huge uptick because everybody's at home. You saw an increase in home invasions. It's no longer just a breaking and entering. It's a home invasion. Whenever people are occupying the house, things like that, you saw just like what you saw in Australia, whenever they, in 1995, when they banned firearms, you saw an increase of, um, of assaults and robbery on the elderly, on women. You saw a demo demographics that aren't able to protect themselves, uh, becoming victimized essentially. And now all of a sudden you have most people working from home. The idea is, and this would make sense that you would have more assaults and things like that taking place because well, people aren't just at an office working anymore when somebody decides to break in, now they're actually home. Right. And now all of a sudden people started to realize this and they're like, dude, I might want to buy a gun. And now all of a sudden, hey, people are buying the gun. Now they need to know how to use them. 
And instead of paying, you know, lots of money to go to a yeah. course or something like that, or maybe they can't, uh, maybe they can't afford it, but they they were able to get a, a, a high point to protect themselves with, right? Because that's all they can afford, which God bless them. I'm glad they were able to do it. Hey, they're, they're, all, they're all right. They're, hey, they're, they shoot. They, they, hey, there's they nothing wrong with those. They at work. All. Yeah. But this is why we wanted to start, you know, recording more of uh, these trainings and stuff like that. Yeah. So whenever you guys invited us out, we were like, oh, hell yeah, let's do this. And then let's get it on camera. And now all of a sudden people are getting some grade A training. It's not the same as being there. I can admit that. But some of the drills, some of the fundamentals, things like that, that's now somebody can take yes. and practice at home. So what yeah. Michael Billings was showing us and some of the up-down drills and things like that, that, dude, that shit was cool. So you guys put on a great class. Well, thanks, and now we, we were able to communicate that and show that on our videos uh, you know? appreciate that and and what's one thing i know is myself as an instructor i, I don't mind the bit that's the influence i don't care that's not what pisses me off at all I, yeah. in fact i love people going out and learning and, and videos are, and i do videos that i i have my mm -hmm. own e3 farms website that that is a paid website but yeah you go i put videos up on there but i think that is tremendous having videos up there where people can learn because it's not that really the the course costs i know there are some influencers or guys in there some mm. of them are really awesome they've done great they've been downrange i've worked them downrange the courses yeah. are just a little bit too high you, you yeah. price yourself but it's the travel people don't realize you have to pay oh, for yeah. your travel you got to pay mm. for you know the, the just the room just food and and so having those videos on there and as long as they continue to get better which they are i think you guys do a great job i like i said the key keys and Shermer do a great job um, you've got, you've got other videos out there where people are, you know, Jesse does a good job out there yeah. on his videos. I'll be honest, it has never affected my class sizes. So yeah. I, I, you people that want to come and get that with the, the experience being there, it's, it's going to happen. But by you doing the videos, you've reached a bigger audience, like you talked about. And I don't know if you saw this uptick. I did more women, single moms were the ones that were purchasing guns. And I've had a few more. In fact, I got to do a ladies only class. I know and that, that I, I respect the hell out of that, that. That's what I've been asked to do. They, they're more comfortable. That's fine. But Absolutely. I do have seen more women coming to classes and more single moms coming to classes and buying farms. Yeah. Um, before I get into your Marine back, because I do want one story from your Marine background, but I want you to answer that one and then, then we'll be done. But then we're done. I got to go to Dave and Bus Buster's with my boy. Um, <laughs> nice. The uh, have you seen that or did you see that during covid or were you able to even track that the the, the genders uh the the of people buying male female age groups things like that yeah were you seeing more and have you that stayed steady which i think it has i've seen that just in my classes but you you reach a bigger audience than i do you know 15 20 people we could see that in our analytics um instagram does a really good job at showing you the analytics of yeah. you know when you get the most audience on um you know the locality of where people are viewing your content from and then of course the, de the different demographics and so we actually did see an increase of women following like on instagram right they're like okay cool so inherently if you're following our instagram which isn't easy to find anyway because yes we are shadow banned too. My personal is shadow banned, you know, uh, classic firearms official, but we did see that uptick. We also saw an uptick in comments. Uh, if we featured videos that had a, a woman personality that was giving her take her perspective on things, we saw that there are a lot of women in the comments saying, this was exactly what I was looking for. This is what I was needing. And we recently started working with uh, Sarah. She is the at the peace of mind underscore on Instagram. And she's all about 
carrying concealed um, effectively and efficiently while also still being stylish and dressing like a woman and things like that. And I have always really appreciated having women on the channel that are willing to actually talk about this quite a bit. And then you actually get to see them kind of put in the work a little bit, which is really cool too, because we're going to take them to the range. Of course we are, right? And we're going to shoot some. And she's, and Sarah, what was cool talking to her about was, she said she didn't have like a range that was always open to her and she practiced a lot dry fire and i am a huge advocate yeah. for dry fire sit out there practice those repetitions drawing from the concealed holster before you go out just you know five or six times just to make sure that you're comfortable in the clothing that you're wearing to make sure nothing's getting snagged and i recently even showed on a video where my my rear sight on my uh, canic mate mc9 uh grabbed my shirt and I said, guys, this is why we practice, because now I can tell you what's not going to ever happen again is that happening because I didn't grab from up here and yank my shirt up right high enough and my rear sight grabbed it. Now, granted, if I was in a life or death situation and somebody and I was drawing my gun, I'm still going to get those shots off, even if my shirt snagged, you know, I'm going to get those shots off and hopefully on target and hopefully I get to walk away from it. OK, uh, or anybody else that I, you know, <laughs> intend to keep alive. Uh, so. Anyway, we did definitely see an uptick in women and we still see it. Absolutely. We do. We see them in the comment section all the time. We see guys saying, Hey, because of your channel, I got my wife into I've it. And now, you know, a lot to you. yeah, dude, in that part, that's, that's the part that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, recently I was out to dinner actually. And, um, guy stopped me. He was pulling up behind me. We're going to the same restaurant. He stopped me. He's like, Oh, dude, you're Clint from Classic, and he, <laughs> nice. and his wife was sitting next to. Did I? I know. I don't mean to bring these up to like you know be. No, no, you're it's, not. It's no, cool. it's, and it's cool it, to be recognized for it. It, it is. It is cool. But the part that got me the most was it was his wife that was like, "Oh, honey, you're gonna be so excited." I think that's, I think that's the guy you watch all the time. And, uh, and sure enough, that's you know, awesome. it was, you know, so I shake their hands and, you know, I, I want to get their names and everything else. Cause I just think, you know, how cool is that, that these people are, you know, excited to see just another dude, you know what I mean? But, uh, anyway, it's, it's really cool. And so, yeah, we, we see an uptick in women for sure. That's good. And that's, that's well, a long answer to that question. No, no, that's a, that's a great answer. Cause that's a positive and that's, that's what's going to keep us stronger, bringing new people into the two A community making it grows that's what makes it stronger um right. last question i got brother we always get something from a veteran that's in there any you get sometimes they give us more than one any good marine stories actually the greenville what the hell that's oh, yeah. that one. What, no, that that, what happened with the unit dude why did you leave why'd you leave greenville what's going dude, on no uh actually it's all good man it was um so i recently made a made a move and um i'm actually up in new hampshire now um you were yeah. some, so your reserve did you, oh, that's all wow. right so so, so i, I thought leaving. people are moving south why are you moving north well, new hampshire though new hampshire of the northeast states is very pro 2a is it I mean, okay, because I we know, know, I oh, know well think of uh think of our friend phil Abonte, right oh yes. yeah phil and, yeah i get okay yeah isn't so, that, and that's where all, sig, is that where yeah. sig is is that yeah where well, i'm about a, yeah, about an hour and a half away from sig yeah just don't <laughs> drop their guns on the ground i'm kidding I'm, <laughs> i don't know that for sure i know i've never well, if, if you remember i actually did drop my sig p3 <laughs> that's i remember that you did yep, because yeah. i didn't i didn't have the right holster for it it was I actually remember. a holster for an fnx 45 tactical and i was like oh this will fit this will fit it went i remember looking and i looked at mike and i went I just pointed at it and smiled yep. like, yeah, it was, that was funny. That's good shit though. You took yep. it, dude, you took it in stride. That was, again, it was safe. It was good. We're good. Hey, we're not being unsafe out there. Assholes. He was no. fine. Is it, but, yeah. but that, but that's what courses are for too. Check your equipment and make sure you know which equipment works, but go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, feels, it's, feels it's, great guy. 
it's all good. I, 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 in recent history in my life, I needed some change. And that was what I was kind of getting at too before, like, Hey, you know, I found myself not in a good headspace. Sure. And, uh, I said, you know, I, I got to do something for me. Um, you know, and I, and I decided to make a move. And so you know, I said, screw it. I was living right outside Charlotte, North Carolina, and sure. my unit was in Greenville, South Carolina. And I talked to my unit and I said, guys, I got to do something different, especially since I've been at that unit for 12 years, my entire Marine Corps career. And I was talking to my master guns and he said, you know, we, we like you. We don't want to lose you. Um, he said, but, you know, more than that, we want to help you. And this is something when a lot of people kind of talk badly about the reserves or something like that or, or the military in general, you know, about their experiences. I got to say, it sounded to me like you probably just had a really shit command I agree. you know and but the moment you get yourself a good command that actually wants to take care of the subordinates all of a sudden it's like dude this is this is where it's at you know and it and it made it actually made it really hard to leave when i was kind of giving my farewell speech to my marines because they were they're their family at the end of the day right and uh anyway and uh no you know for personal reasons i decided to make the move up northeast first of all i never seen a good a good snow so uh, I'll be, I'll be figuring what that is. Uh, but no, I left on really good terms with uh, my unit up there. But now I'll be the uh, the regimental ammo chief for the 25th Regiment. So I actually am moving into that infantry space. Oh, cool. Uh, you know, in the in my early 30s and not in the best shape of my life, but I'll get there. You'll get so, there, dude. Yeah, so I'm, so I'm sure they'll kick my ass a little bit. Uh, but I needed something different. And on top of that, uh, I'm pretty sure that our new battalion commander is also going to start looking at moving guys around who's been pretty much staying at one spot for a majority of their career and so you know i kind of just said screw it dude again one of these things where i'm like not afraid to dive headfirst into something let's do it i know i'm good at my job there might be a couple of things i'm gonna have to you know learn here sure. and there or figure out coming into this different same job but different i guess you could say responsibilities and so it's kind of like I, you know, I'll figure it out and I'll learn it. And I've got good communication. I'm actually buddies with the guy that held that position uh, that I'm taking over. So, you know, I'm like, it all worked out. And my master guns just said, Hey, this position might be opening up. Would you be interested in it? It's in Massachusetts though. And I'm like, well, I don't like their gun laws, but I'm not living up there. So that's fine. New, new Hampshire, they're the last free state in new England for now, at least. Uh, so I figured, you know what, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take that. All right. So I've got a range in my backyard. I'm happy about that. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah. You know, that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. No, New Hampshire's cool, man. I've I've been Beautiful. to New Hampshire cool. before. And then also, you know, once the presidential primaries come around, you guys get to vote before anybody and have an actual like impact on on who the candidates are going to be, which is kind of cool. Which um, uh, other other things, speaking of that, here I am, I'm, I'm going to there's there's a diner right down the street from the place. We got like two restaurants in the in our town here, small town. And uh, but love them both. And I go to this diner. And there's all sorts of cars parked out and everything. I'm just going for breakfast, right? I like I love their country fried steak and eggs that they have there. So I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, what the hell is going on? And some woman is behind the the counter asking, and all these people from the community they're asking questions. And I'm like, what the shit is going on here? And, and she looked familiar. I just couldn't recognize who it was. And then I asked our waitress. I was like, so what's going on? She's like, oh. Um, Nikki Haley just announced her presidential bid and she's here taking questions. Yeah, like, I mean that's where they that's where they all do it because what? you guys. Yeah. You guys vote before anybody. And yeah, this, you guys kind of determine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you guys kind of determine where things are going to head in terms of, you know, and it, for the Republicans at least, is it going to be yeah. DeSantis? Is it going to be Trump? You guys are going to have more of a say than the rest of the country or a head start on that, I should say. But anyway, check out. 
Classic Firearms on YouTube, of course. Uh, Quint Morgan on Instagram. It's not Craig. It's not Craig. I, 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 I built the, the, I hammered. That was dad joke again. That turned into too much, too much. It's Clint. At, uh, Dude, you're good, man. You're good. At Magdump underscore Morgan. Um, for all of you guys, whether you're listening or watching, leave us a comment. Leave us a review if you're on Apple Podcasts or if you're on YouTube, just leave us a like. Uh, I hope everybody has a great Memorial Day weekend, whether you're honoring people that we lost or just hanging out with friends and enjoying the weekend while also remembering the guys that we lost, of course. As I said earlier in the show, I'm excited to see the Memorial Day air show. And with that, Chris, would you say that the uh, guest we're having on next week is the biggest guest we've ever had on the podcast? Because I'm for, super excited for it. For per, on a personal level, for me, I think yeah, I think it, it's going to be really cool. And for me, because I'm itching just to give names out and stuff, I'll just shut up right then. So let's just keep it at that. But yeah, I, I would say, it's, and I will I say, say, I think it's, it's going to really get. Cool. I I anticipate it getting picked up everywhere. And, uh, hopefully, and and, and on a, again for a personal level for me, a lot of memories with this person. And you'll guys, if you if you listen to the next episode, you'll understand why. But yeah, I, I'm excited, and I think it's cool because it was a lot of just saying it. I'm remembering <laughs> where I was at. I'm going to shut up because I'm going to give it away. Just keep rolling. Let's, <laughs> yeah. roll. Let's All continue right. on. Let's well, continue with that, on. anything, anything, <laughs> anything else uh, before we wrap things up, Quinn? It's been an honor having you on. Yeah, but you're, you're far you're too awesome. long until we did this. Awesome, so. and yeah. keep, you're doing you're doing great, man. I, I really appreciate it, and, and, and for, for coming on, but um. Yeah, buddy. I, w- people can find you and and keep listening to you and watching your videos. Yeah, put it all out there, man. Let's get let's get. Uh, not that I say all of our listeners probably don't already follow you, but <laughs> let's let's whoever doesn't out there, they need to. And and you guys keep keep being a mentor, keep doing good things like you're doing, and not just showing how to shoot really fast from three yeah. yards out, editing it eight million <laughs> times with a fucking speed blue box of death. I mean, really yeah. teaching people out there and and the constitution but yeah please i i i want everybody to follow you no well, I, I appreciate that and thank you guys so much i think uh what we need to do now is have you guys on our podcast coming anytime up. man you got now. It. um you uh, got but it. but uh with it being you know memorial day weekend coming up and things like that too i just want to say hey we owe it to the fallen to live well um yeah. uh, so you know that's something i just want to <laughs> keep that's all i want to say but thank you guys so much it's been an honor uh, thanks, buddy. And are you like sitting behind? I mean, looks like you're in a fucking compound with Hesco barriers and <laughs> cement retain. I keep looking at it and go, man, is he in Baghdad right now? Well, I, the- I like to call it my, uh, so it's funny. I like to call it my bunker, you know, so I'm doing my live, when I do my live streams and stuff, that's what I'm calling it. It's actually just my basement. <laughs> All right. Well, you got some damn great reinforced poured concrete rebarred walls in there. That would withstand a, a VBID. I don't know. Pretty big one. I'm sure. That's yeah. I'm, 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 I think it would. <laughs> well, buddy, God bless you. And thanks again. And, and, you know, tell, Tell Paul over there if you see Paul legally. Paul's a great guy. Tell yes. Glasgow hi. And I will. John, if you talk to John Sherm, tell him hi from me. Call great him. people. You guys keep doing your good things, fighting that good fight because so my old ass can be at home now and not have to worry about it as much as <laughs> I used to. I really appreciate that, man. No, again, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you guys. And let's stay in touch. And hey, man, I look forward to doing another training with you. Damn right. Take care, bro. Cool. God bless you. That's all for this episode of Battleline Podcast but we're always posting new content on social media. Follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. That's an order. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes up every Tuesday. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. Believe in yourself. 
face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit.